When it comes to working at GEICO, our best advocates are our employees, like Maxine. But since she is so focused on growing her career, we hired an actor to read her story. At GEICO, I love mentoring the new associates to help them make this a career and not just a job. And with new opportunities and job stability, GEICO has been helping people grow their careers for over 75 years. The only downside, she still hasn't met the gecko. Where are you, fella? Ready to start your career, Kansas City? We're hiring claim sales and service agents. Apply online today at geico.job slash Kansas City. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Is that Shakespeare? Nope, it's Geico. Uh, yeah, 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 that's Shakespeare from one of his unpublished works. Oh, it be not for awakening. Nay, give it thou the berries. For 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. No, it's from Geico, because they help save people money. Well, I hate to break it to you, but Geico got it from Shakespeare. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. You're listening to the Heroes Podcast Network. Greetings, loved ones, and welcome back to another episode of Kaiju Curry House, the British bi-weekly podcast dedicated to bringing you the creme de la creme de la creme, anglais, of B-movie banter, creature cinema, and general discussion about kaiju goodness. I myself am Alex, and I'm also joined by my good friends Paul and Joe, and our new guest today, representing Wikizilla, the king of the monsters himself, who is shortened as the king. Welcome to my friends. Welcome, my liege. Let's get this episode started off. I'm going to dive you, sir, straight into the deep end. We always start off with our terrible dad pun, which Paul is responsible for, and Joe for keeping it going. What have Kaiju been up to? The king, tell us what's been going on lately in your life. Monster related. What gaming, what films, what books, anything Kaiju goodness you can share with our listeners. Well, uh, lately I've been, uh, and, and first of all, to everyone watching, I apologize for my microphone quality. I've already gone over it with them, but uh, my microphone's not working, so I'm using a crappier one. So with that out of the way... Thank you for your apology. People might not accept your apology, but I do appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you. Well, I figured I at least should put it on record. So lately I've been hunting for the Godzilla vs. Kong toys that have come out early. That's the main thing I've been up to. Uh, and I managed to order this bad boy on uh, walmart.com. This Kong. Okay, so that's Kong. Yeah, and then this Godzilla I have with me here, I found in the store, uh, and it was the only thing they had in stock. So I've been checking every day and still have yet to find anything. Although my cohorts on Wikizilla have uh, had a little success finding some of the smaller six-inch figures. And what brand and, are those, please? Uh, they are uh, Playmates brands, okay. which you might know for the uh, questionable quality uh, classic Godzilla figures, that, have, particularly the Shin Godzilla, that have been popping up. Hmm. And what's the general appeal for you with the Playmates? Uh, I kind of like the way they scale. Uh, the older Playmates, the other Playmates that aren't Godzilla versus Kong, the Space Godzilla and Destroya scale very well with six-inch figures compared to the Bandai Japan uh, Space Godzilla and Destroyer that I had, which are criminally small. 
and also the appeal for just getting the Godzilla versus Kong figures is I'm a sucker for the movie toys and so I collect everything I can including uh, this one right here. The 2014. Uh, yes and so I have all the Jack Pacific King of the Monsters toys for instance and whatnot and the other thing I've been up to uh, is I ordered the Gamera, the complete collection set from Arrow Video, which should be nice. here in August, later this month. And I also ordered Neo Ultra Q, uh, which is also going to be coming out this month. So quite a lot of activity there. Yeah. Some um, good old-fashioned merchandise shopping and a couple of box sets on the way. That's brilliant. Well, I'm sorry about this, but uh, King, can you pass on the question to someone? You can either ask... Alex, Paul, or Joe, what have Kaiju been up to? Which is an utterly deplorable pun, but just just roll with it. It's it's great. <laughs> oh, I've made worse puns in my life. So, uh, Alex, what have Kaiju been up to? That was a good delivery. Thank you. Um, dear me, what have I been up to? Um, I had two attempts watching Mothra 1961, which we're reviewing tonight. The first attempt I watched and fell asleep after half an hour. And the reason for that, Joe, put the thumbs down. I can see that you're already giving your opinions on the film. The first reason was because after putting my kids to sleep, I sat down on the sofa and I made the schoolboy error of going, oh, I'm going to watch this film by lying down. That'll be really relaxing. No, no, why did I do that? That was, that was the wrong decision. So I did watch Mothra for the first ever time, and we'll talk about that shortly. But the other thing that I did was I had an almost kaiju experience. And the reason why I'm saying it's almost is because I went in to watching um, 10 Cloverfield Lane, thinking that it would be a kaiju movie. Uh-huh. And I'd, I'd never seen it. And all I knew about uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane is that it's the Cloverfield universe, which are we all in agreement that Cloverfield is a kaiju movie? Yes. Yeah. 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 And a thumbs up from Joe. Great. Okay. Um, is 10 Cloverfield Lane a kaiju movie? Is John it's, Goodman uh, a kaiju? That's the question, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Oh, John yeah, Goodman is definitely yeah. a kaiju. He's been a kaiju for years now. Yeah. Uh, he, it, it takes place in the kaiju yeah. universe, but that doesn't necessarily make it a kaiju movie. You see an alien, which mm. we've debated in the past, whether or not aliens can qualify as kaiju. Yes, they are strange beasts, but are they what we would lovingly refer exactly to as a kaiju? Mm. But I think the fact that we have a spaceship in that film, like an otherworldly spaceship, mm. kind of just makes it like an alien invasion type picture. Yeah. Because when Netflix threw out their movie, that just turned the, everything on its the head. Cloverfield Paradox. Yes. Yeah. Which I haven't seen. Um, my girlfriend Julia told me, um, have a watch of 10 Cloverfield Lane, because she really rated it. And she said that John Goodman's performance in it was absolutely show-stopping. It was. And yeah, I agree. It was um, it's, I mean, she really likes um, the lead actress in it. Is it Mary Elizabeth Winstead? Have I said that right? And the main mm -hmm. heroine yeah. in that, she kind of said, you know, she's fantastic. However, it's John Goodman that absolutely blows this out of kind of proportion of how awesome it is. And I thoroughly enjoyed the film, but I was kind of just praying that there'd be a bit more monster action in it. So, you know, it, it didn't feel like a kaiju movie, but I'm very glad that I saw that. And I'm going to stop waffling on. Joe, what have kaiju been up to? 
I have been working on a classified model commission for somebody um, that's been doing a bit of my time. And then I have been subjecting one of my friends to watching Paranormal Activity, which is not kaiju related, but I figured you might enjoy it, Alex, because that's kind of yokai territory. Yeah, nice. But um, yeah. yeah, so that's been a bit fun. Um, Do you like Paranormal Activity? So you you usually fall into one of two categories with those movies. So at least like we'll call it the first three because after that they started to go a bit bonkers, I think. But uh, the gags were up, in other words. And coming from a psychology background, I think the better imagination that you have, the more terrifying those movies are because your brain is filling in the blank pieces because they're very minimalist in what they give you to see. And it's your suspense that really builds them up. So the more active an imagination you have, the scarier those films are going to be for you. Whereas if you are a, say, more left hemisphere, logical sort of person, you're going to look at those films like, oh yeah, that was a great piece of string that they used to pull that door. That's really <laughs> terrifying, folks. I paid money to see this. Hmm. So I fall into the category of imaginative, those movies scared. The bejesus out of you. Yeah, so it was great. I remember the first time I saw the original and it was it was very hyped up. King, you can back this up. In the United States, those films were hyped up, like oh, yeah. scary scary as the exorcist and all that. And yeah. I love horror films, so I went into the theater. I'm like, <laughs> let's do this. Because, you know, at that point I'd kind of seen it all. Mm. And my friend Dan and I watched the film and we came out and we're like, that was that was pretty creepy. So we came back to my place and we had to watch How to Train Your Dragon afterwards to make ourselves feel a little bit better. Which is a wonderful film. It is a wonderful. That's that's yeah. a little bit more kaiju. That that brings it back into kaijudom. Mm, but yeah. Um, to yeah, basically, I have been um, building a uh, a model, which will remain secret. It will be revealed. I have been chatting to the model maker and what he's got coming out, which is some cool stuff. Um, it may or may not be Hanna-Barbera themed Ooh. and um, yeah right there isn't much of that going around no, no there is not no quite a bit of saturation of all the other universes but not necessarily that um, no. but uh, those that's really all I've been up to do which hasn't been much on the Joe scale of things but uh, there we go Paul good sir what have Kaiju been up to you with that creepy face hugger sitting behind you oh I haven't been up to much. I'm As you afraid. pet it, like my precious, <laughs> my precious little thing. He's lovely. That came with um. Oh, it's got like it's got the like game. The, oh. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a cool yeah, little. Put it right near the camera for me. Yeah, yeah. A nice face hugger with poseable legs and tail. It, it came with the with the with the, with the games on the PlayStation. It's cool. Have you like seen it. the masks? So obviously we're the still face masks. In yes. COVID, yeah, and you get face masks. I saw one that like also had kind of like a scarf thing, like the tail will wrap. Yeah, with the tail. Your neck. Oh yeah, yeah. Some people have gone all out. I but haven't we seen anyone wearing get, it. We already get funny enough looks for just wearing an ordinary mask <laughs> by the British public, and I'm sure it's the same for yourself, King. Like you know, you go out there and oh, wear you have no idea. Like, oh, this guy's a weirdo. So yeah, let's let's ramp it up and let's wear a face hugger mask. What could possibly go wrong? Well, I don't see why not. I saw someone for the first time today, I saw someone with like a, a novelty mask where it did have a massive like grin with like red lipstick around it and it did look quite bizarre. Nice. 
uh, yeah, it did stand out a bit. Hmm. Um, I haven't got any themed mask. Mine's plain black. Yeah. Um, so you, okay. you've got no themed mask. You've got no kaiju stories. Well, I mean... Paul, you're washed up. I am washed up. I mean, I watched a film called Mothra, you know, yeah. and I know we'll get into that. So that is a kaiju thing I've done. I've stopped playing Metro, so you can kind of write that off. I did see a trailer for the film Sputnik, which seems to be a... It's a new Russian film. It's just, I think it's out in a few weeks, um, VOD in the States, and then hopefully coming to the UK soon. It's, it's pretty much aliens, whatever, alien, I should say, but um, Russian, and it seemed quite interesting. Last alien-type film I think I saw was Life, which must be quite... Have you not seen Life? I have not seen Life. I've Very seen good Life. Film. Very good film. Ca- that has a pretty creepy end. That has a creepy, here we go again end. That's, that's yeah, yeah. It's I mean, it's so much better than Prometheus and Alien Covenant. It's you know, it's, it's a it's yeah, it's a proper alien film. So so it was it was as good as crap. <laughs> I mean, like what, what scale of better are we talking here? Was it as good as Tremors Seven? Who knows? See now, there's a there's. The, I mean, Paul, you you've been beaten to the punch now. So already, I know. Uh, yeah, wow. Uh, Mr. Oh, King, oh. one of our running jokes is that Paul is a massive fan of the Tremors franchise, and wherever possible, he will try and drop <laughs> Tremors into conversation. And it's fine if people are Tremors fans, but you'll get people who are kind of going, there's seven Tremors films? Why? <laughs> and you just look at the puzzlement on their face of, why are you asking me what my thoughts are about these shitty <laughs> films? Can we not talk about the job that I do, please? And then Paul has to kind of force her. So, what do you think of Tremors? Tell us. You know. But there you well, go. I suppose while we're here, King, I take it um, yeah, Wikizilla yeah. doesn't feature graboids or you know anything like no, that. No, it's it just does not. Is we, it just Toho? Have, no, it's not just Toho. We do have a little bit of a uh, more expansive uh, coverage. So, Clo- the Cloververse is on our site for example, okay. and uh, Pacific uh, Rim, and right. a couple like Toei and Tsuburaya films. So, uh, But no, the uh, Tremors franchise, unfortunately, is not covered. Oh, miss, missing out on the market there. Yeah. 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 But I, I am a big <laughs> fan of at least the first movie, which I recently bought a very nice Steelbook Blu-ray for. Uh, oh, cool. Uh, so. There's a Steelbook Blu-ray of that movie? It, it, there was a, a FYE, which was a great store before it went out of business. I uh, picked one of the uh, Steelbook up there. Have you yeah. seen any of the other Tremors films? They're worth I've your time. Seen... <laughs> You're trying yeah. to sell it out. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I definitely intend to watch all seven at some point, but uh, I think I've only seen two and three, uh, and I've seen parts of the other ones. But yeah. uh, I think the first two are the, yeah, mm-hmm. the essential viewings. I think that it's time for us to introduce our film. Mr. King, my liege, is it, is it time for you to talk about what this film is? Are you in a position where you can kind of give the lowdown from Wikizilla about this movie? Total novice, what's Mothra 1961 about? Mothra is a, one of the early uh, solo kaiju films from Toho Company Limited. Following the success of Godzilla and Rodan, and the uh, lack thereof for Varen, who was sadly the solo kaiju who got left out, uh, Mothra was the idea for Mothra, according to producer Tomoyuki Tanaka, was he wanted a giant monster movie that women would want to see. 
Uh, and we'll see that echoed a lot of with other movies featuring Mothra. They were very popular among the female demographic. Uh, so Tanaka hired, had a uh, first story written for Mothra about a half year before production began. And it was written by Iwao Mori uh, about a half year. And anyway, Tanaka was introduced to writer Shinichiro Nakamura and he asked Mr. Nakamura to expand it into a novel along with two other authors. And this novel was serialized in the magazine Weekly Asahi in Japan in beginning in January 1961, and it was titled The Luminous Fairies and Mothra. And Toho had the rights to adapt it to a movie. It was written with the intent that Toho would adapt it to a movie. And so Mothra is the story of a group of Japanese citizens, a two journalists and a linguist who travel on a joint expedition with the Relisican party. Uh, Relisica is the fictional country that is a stand-in for the United States and Russia in this movie, and they go on a research expedition to Infant Island in the South Seas, and there they, uh, a series of events is kicked off which results in the creature Mothra being awakened and traveling to Japan and then Relisica to retrieve the Shobajin, who were her twin fairies who are kidnapped by the evil Relisican businessman Clark Nelson. And this movie was incredibly successful and it was one of the first movies written by Shinichi Sekizawa who became a very prolific screenwriter for other kaiju films including the Godzilla series and the movie was so successful, it obviously introduced Mothra, who's one of the major Toho monsters. And, uh, you know, you cre we credit this movie with her popularity, and it, you can't really, can't really be overstated how important Mothra's been to the genre. Well, thank you. That was a very informative um, introduction. Oh, I, I got most, more notes today. for later, if you want <laughs> got, to. got more notes. Yeah, for later on. <laughs> more notes than I think that we've had in entire year's productions. <laughs> Thank you very much for that, King. Um, as I understand it, Mothra is one of the Toho Big Five, which would include you know, Mothra, Godzilla, Mechagodzilla, Now I'm Struggling, um, King Ghidorah, and then Rodan. 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 I feel like Rodan's the understated one of that bunch. I've got a well, lot of time for Rodan. He was, he was considered, it was originally the Big Three. It was Godzilla, Mothra, and Rodan, because Rodan was incredibly popular when the movie came out, but his popularity, I think, has been diminished over the years because he's been overshadowed by Mothra, Ghidorah, and Mechagodzilla, and you can tell because in the Heisei and Millennium series, his roles were much smaller than theirs, and as a result, uh, he's just gotten overshadowed, I believe, so he doesn't have quite the status he used to, unfortunately. Was there anything that we can add to that? I think we've given like a, a pretty decent overview there. Paul, can you add anything? Um, no, I mean the only the only thoughts I've got, I guess I'll share when we're discussing the film itself. I am curious though, why or how is it that Mothra was made to appeal to the female audience? What what makes Mothra so appealing? Is it because she's she's a she, or that because she's brighter than but Godzilla and Rodan. Well, I think uh, her being the first female Toho monster, and of course not counting the mate of Rodan, um, the first like starring female kaiju, I think that that was a big part of it. And the other thing is uh, the Shobajin, I think, uh, have a big role in the story. And I think that that mystical 
fairy-like element was probably intended to appeal to female audiences. And uh, I was looking at, when I was doing my research, I looked at Japanese Wikipedia, which is usually a good directory for sources that I can look into. Mm-hmm. They said that the movie uh, was marketed as being uh, both feminist and uh, about uh, the indigenous plight of indigenous people. And I think considering the film feminist is an interesting idea that has a very strong uh, female character as one of the leading characters, but, uh, and the Shobajin obviously are uh, centerpieces of the film. But I would say the movie, I don't know if I could consider it a feminist movie. I'm not an expert on that by any stretch of the imagination, but I can see that Mothra, her design, her mysticism, her the sense of wonder and beauty that she conveys uh, is very feminine. And I think that back in Japan at that time, they thought that would appeal to female audiences more than Godzilla and Rodan. But that's just my view. Okay. Yes, because the, the poster itself that we can see behind Joe, Mothra doesn't look very friendly. It looks quite, quite a, a threatening um, more of a villainous yeah, that character. one's the, ja- the U.S. poster there. So uh, the okay. Japanese posters are much more artful and not quite as creepy. <laughs> <laughs> what what do you consider a feminist film, Joe? It does have a more feminine aesthetic to it. It is a film about caring about others. It is a film about consequences and recognizing that there's a voice that's not being heard or it's being ignored. And when it is ignored, bad things happen. It is a film about not taking advantage of others, about recognizing the plight of others. I feel like it has a lot that goes along with feminist ideologies and that there is an underrepresented voice with the majority of the population. So I will say that, yeah, that's probably true. Well, thank you for that. It's unfortunate none of us are really qualified to say with confidence if it is a feminist masterpiece, but I I think that's an excellent point, Joe. Thank you for that. We are approaching our first break. When we return, it would be great to do a roundtable of the highs and lows of this film, which I'm sure are pretty varied within the four of us. So we'll be back in a moment, folks. Thank you. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, and welcome back to part two of Kaiju Curry House. You're here with myself, Alex, Joe, and the King from Wikizilla to discuss Mothra. Now, uh, when it was thrown out as the film to watch, Joe, I know you were quite vocal towards not not it being one of your favourite Toho films, which I was quite surprised at, because I know you love Godzilla and, and Rodan, so I thought, okay, another solo Kaiju film, 
you're going to love it. Not so much. Would you care to start off on the, the roundtable why it's not okay. one of the favourites? In defence, we had a choice of two films. There was War of the Gargantuas or Mothra. And I like War of the Gargantuas more. Perfect. That being said, there are fans of this film. It's a good film in its own right. It is not me that is amongst those fans. I feel like Mothra is kind of like the Batman of the Toho universe. She can't oh. be beaten. She always comes back. And her villains are more interesting than she is. Case in point, Batra. In the 90s, when Batra became a thing, I was like, yep. that's awesome. That's amazing. Or the Mothra trilogy of films. I mean, the different Ghidorahs. Like, everybody was like, whoa, Ghidorah took out the dinosaurs? Or, whoa, Ghidorah is amazing. Or... Garla, if I'm saying that right, that's so cool. Wait, is that a Furby? I mean, like, there are so many things in the Mothra universe that are just more interesting than a giant moth. I just like the idea of you comparing it to Batman on two accounts there, because first of all, the Mothra trilogy, I now think that Mothra 3 is basically Mothra Rises, or the Mothra Rises. <laughs> and I know that from visiting you recently, Joe, that your beef with Batman is because you're an absolute fanboy for Superman. No, oh. no, oh. no. Okay, no, that is that is false. I am from Kansas. I totally legit respect Superman. However, Batman the Animated Series, I grew up on that. I love that. I really do. I got major time for Bruce Timm's Batman. I really enjoyed uh, The Dark Knight Returns. I enjoy Adam West stuff, as slocky as it is. Nice. But what he has become is this unbeatable rich guy. Like I Mothra. Mean, Just like Mothra. <laughs> well, yeah, she owns her own island. I mean, <laughs> the thing, she's got two people that wait on her. Okay, fairies, uh, sorry. But, you know, like, yeah. she's got two beings waiting on her. I mean, Alfred, Robin, you know, Dick. I mean, there we go. And, you know, like, oh, she it. has That's... her own cave. She goes back Good. to the Mothra cave, doesn't yep. she? Yeah, 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 She's in the Mothra cave. She's got and a Mothra mobile, right? Um, or am I missing, or did I watch the wrong movie? <laughs> I don't know if she has the Mothra mobile. I don't think they make them uh, in that size. But I mean, like the two, the fairies in like the uh, in the high side, high side. Mm. Am I saying that right? I suppose Heisei. a Wikizilla person. He say, you know, like, we should be able to correct us here. But I mean, like they ride a Mothra mobile, isn't it? Like well, it's a little fairy Mothra. But you know, I mean, like they're yeah, riding yeah, it. True. It, it, I mean, the look like the original ones rode Mothra too. Like they rode her off, like literally in the sunset a couple of times. But it's just, she, you can't beat her, no matter how powerful or, you know, like, crazy you are. Because she's a good guy. That's nice. She's a good girl. Except for Mothra Leah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm okay, that, guy, that's kind of gender guy, neutral. But, you know. Yeah. But, like, no, she, she's, she's a canny lass, and it's nice that she doesn't die. I'm glad that this isn't Game of Thrones, where it's like, oh, this is a character that you love. She's going to be dying. The winds are going to be pulled off, and she's going to be set on fire. You know, I'm glad that doesn't happen. I, I would love to uh, see that happen, honestly. You want to give ooh, me a female kaiju? I will take Biolante. I will take Hedora. I, I mean, like, give me those ladies anytime. Yeah. But Mothra, for what she is and what she does, and again, this isn't me, like, necessarily saying that, you know, like, Mothra fans aren't justified for liking Mothra. There are a lot of qualities that sure. make Mothra appealing. My daughter loves Mothra. I will tolerate Mothra 
if she wants to watch it. The thing is, is we have the Toho Big Five, which we've just elaborated on. So we, we haven't gotten a solo Rodan movie. I mean, the, the best that we've gotten recently is Godzilla King of the Monsters. And even then, Mothra had to steal Rodan's thunder. And it's just, Mothra, just like, leave her alone. We don't need more Mothra. Mothra had her own trilogy. She has her own original movie. Like, where's Rodan's standalone films? In Sorry, to jump to Joe's defense for a moment, uh, King, one of the things that I think the three of us are united on at Kaiju Curry House is we feel that both Toho and Legendary in any kind of future films, we would be refreshed to see Godzilla face something that's not kind of from the big five. You know, we, we would like to see Titanosaurus. We would like to see <coughs> Megalon. Yeah. We would like to see anything that you think, oh, I haven't seen much I of that. I didn't sign off to Megalon, but I get your point. <laughs> yeah. But like just, you know, something which has had like a one-off film. I mean, like Biolante, for example, that's a very interesting kaiju. Yeah. Or Titanosaurus, that's a very interesting kaiju. But it's like, oh, they keep playing safe and going for the old classics. So yeah. you don't like this film, Joe. What do I, it's you like? It's not that I don't like it. It's just mm. that I, I've seen, I came, Mothra wasn't one of the first films that I saw, one of the first Toho films that I saw by any stretch. I saw Mothra the first time when I was in my 20s. And by then I had seen pretty much all the others. So I was watching Mothra. I'm like, wow, this is very similar to what happens in Godzilla versus the thing, aka Godzilla versus Mothra. I mean, there's a lot of similarities there. And then I just started noticing like, it's the same things playing out. They've really recycled this film. So it's not like the first, one of the first times that you see Mothra, you might just be a little bit let down by it because again, we're having, you know, big corporations exploit infant Island and its natives. Mm. We are abducting the Shobajin, which seems to happen quite a bit. I mean, you'd think that they would stop trusting people in suits <laughs> nope. and you know, we have a Mothra larva going into Tokyo, cocooning itself, metamorphizing, and coming out as a fully grown Mothra. I mean, it, it happens pretty much every time there is a Mothra, with the exception of Godzilla, King of the Monsters. I mean, like, there's just always a city. They, they, this very benevolent larva can't seem to find a non-inhabited place to cocoon and, you know, do its thing. I mean, it did do it in the Mothra trilogy, you know, big old tree and blah, blah, blah. But it's just, there are a lot of recycled ideas. And because I didn't see this film first, those ideas did not seem original to me. And for that reason, I just, I don't have any nostalgia goggles for this film. It's not a special it, for you. It has decent special effects. The acting is really decent. Um, the music, I mean, Mothra has one of the best scores of any kaiju. It's, it's all right. Both Batman it's... and Mothra have their own theme song, don't they? Yes. I'm getting it now. And it's it's a thing. Yeah. Mothra is the Batman of the Toho Monsterverse. That's, that's basically what this is. And yeah, it, it's just one of those deals. Like I, I don't have anything against the film, but because I didn't see it at the right time, the, the ideas were just so recycled in my mind. And it just seems overly complicated when all the people had to do is give the fairies back just give the fairies back yeah. on a scale of one to ten 
where would you place this film? Four. Four, okay. So, weak. It's not Godzilla versus Megalon, so I mean, like, it's going to get a four. <laughs> I mean, that's an 11 right there. This guy. <laughs> we didn't need two of them on the podcast at the no. same time. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, it is what it is. Like, you're not going to win them all. Not everybody likes the same things. But no, that's, just, that's fine. just didn't do um, it for me. That is one of the most fantastic things about this fandom. I think that Toho just, like, produced so many films that are so contrasting that I think there is definitely a range of things for everyone. Who really liked this film? Paul? I, I, uh, I do. You know what? Let, let, let's contrast it then. Okay. Yeah, go on. Um, so, King, and just for our listeners who are a bit baffled, we've not actually struck gold and got royalty on this show. Um, can you elaborate why you're going with the name King of the Monsters? Because that's a pretty bold title to take. <laughs> so... Uh, you know, Godzilla is my favorite character ever, and so when I joined Wikizilla back in 2014, I uh, made that my username, and because I like to remain anonymous, it's just like kind of my online handle, yep. so I figured, oh, this is, I'm here representing Wikizilla, I better go my Wikizilla name, so, but, you know, everyone just calls me King, so, yeah, but you know that that sounds very humble. I'm sure. Oh, you don't have to call me. King well, uh, we weren't we weren't going to say anything, but it did sound pretentious as all, as all heck. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> don't worry, David. Your secret's safe with us. <laughs> Actually, before you talk about why you love the film so much, King, um, what is Wikizilla? It might sound silly, but just like for the absolute novice, kind of, what's the purpose of this site, please? So you know, most major pop culture uh, like franchises and media franchises have what's called a wiki, which is follows the idea of Wikipedia and that it's a uh, publicly sourced information hub uh, with articles. And it lets fans teach other people about the things they're passionate about. And, you know, because it's a multitude of people, you get a lot of diverse input and you can find some people know things that others don't. Some people have resources that others don't. And, you know, by putting your heads together, you can think stuff and really create diverse, uh, expansive, like, encyclopedia about the topic you're interested in. So Wikizilla is one of those for Godzilla. And we, when the site started out, it was not commendable by any stretch of the imagination. The, the site plagiarized from Toho Kingdom all the time, uh, and only recently have we really dedicated ourselves to making it one of the top quality wikis on the internet, and that's what we're, our goal is, and so that's why we became an independent website, why we build up our social media and our YouTube channel particularly, and generally, if you would compare the site to, let's say, 2014, a lot of things have been changed and it's a lot more accurate and a lot more detailed. So uh, it's, to put it shortly, uh, Wikizilla is our way of trying to spread knowledge about the Godzilla franchise and related topics to the fan base and make it easily accessible for fans who can't buy these Japanese, buy or read these Japanese encyclopedias and books that are written about Godzilla because we don't get any of that in the States. Or in the UK, I imagine. 
Well, thank you for elaborating on that. That was very interesting. Um, this is a rare opportunity for a representative of Wikizilla to share their views. So please um, tell us why you like Mothra 1961. And if you've got any kind of cool things to add to that, um, just dive right in now, please. Okay, so Mothra is one of my favorites. I will uh, just go on record saying that Mothra is one of my favorites. Um, the movie and the character. So Mothra is just like uh, Joe said, it feels very derivative if you watch it after the other movies, but in reality all these other movies are just trying to live up to Mothra's legacy of this movie that was so successful and iconic. And I say iconic because there's a lot of scenes in here that are imitated by later films and are just, you know, kind of a part of pop culture in Japan. Like Mothra cocooning on the Tokyo Tower is an iconic scene. Daddy, why has Mothra turned into a giant peanut? Because she's in a cocoon. <laughs> so I, I fully buy into how iconic this movie is. Uh, I like every aspect of this movie, and I think it's one of Ishiro Honda's best uh, pictures. So uh, the first thing I'll talk about is I like the human cast. The human characters are really good. Uh, Fukuda, who is the reporter, played by the brilliant Frankie Sakai, who was a comedic actor uh, primarily, and uh, you can tell that in this movie uh, because his character is very comical and goofy. And he, Frankie Sakai's only other role in a, a Toho special effects movie was in The Last War, which was also released in 1961. And if you compare that movie to Mothra, those are Toho's two tokusatsu outputs that year. Mothra is an extremely lighthearted, fun film. The Last War is an incredibly depressing and uh, serious film. But I, I'm getting off on a tangent. So, and then there's his other, the other reporter who uh, works with uh, Fukuda, her name is uh, Michi Hanamura. She's the photographer. And then, of course, the most iconic character in the movie is probably Shinichi Chujo, uh, played by Hiroshi Koizumi, the linguist who accompanies the party to Infant Island and plays a big role in the rest of the film. Uh, it was such an iconic role that Koizumi played similar roles to that character in a lot of subsequent movies, uh, a lot of professors and eventually reprised that role in Tokyo SOS, and they brought the character back. So uh, I think that the three main characters, three main good characters are very excellent. Like uh, Fukuda is very funny, but he doesn't come off as annoying in my opinion. He, he's just like a bumbling, good-natured guy who uh, at times in the movie really actually shows up that he's quite competent when he fights off a group of Nelson's men in a yeah. very humorous fight scene. Uh, and he's a good-natured guy, and he's a character you root for, uh, in my opinion. And then Clark Nelson, the villain, is an incredibly, uh, one of Toho's best uh, human villains, in my opinion, and that he's just so evil and so uh, conniving that he's very, he's very memorable, in my opinion. He's so nasty, he's so mean, He's, he's a dick, he's isn't he? The core. Yeah, he really is a dick. Uh, that's, like, one, uh, that's one word for him. No, like, yeah. I mean, there's plenty of villains in 
the Toho movies that you're like, oh, you're you're nasty. But like, I noticed a theme. I don't know if you can like confirm this, uh, King. But like, through a lot of the '60s Toho movies set on the tropical islands, you got real sort of pantomime villains, like with you know on um, uh, Ebera, yeah, Ebera Horror. The yeah. Deep, you got the guy with the eye patch. You got like real villains that you think, oh, I really don't like you. And he's called Nelson, isn't he? The guy in this film. Yes. Yeah, he's horrid. Oh, he's, yeah, he's a horrible, horrible person. Yeah, I mean, because when... You, said, you hate him. It's you yeah. what they're going for. And so, and yeah. so uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. There. Well, no, I, to be fair, I interrupted you by saying the word dick. So, like, <laughs> it's cool. You know. yeah. So, Nelson is a villain who gets development. I mean, he's not a complex character by any means. He's just pure evil. But you see how evil he really is throughout the movie build up and he's always coming out on top he's never Mm. getting what he deserves and so i think it makes it all the more satisfying he finally gets what's coming to him at the end of the movie and Mm. you're rooting for him to get taken down and to see all the characters uniting against him and all the relicicans his own countrymen turn against him it's very satisfying like unified like everybody's teaming up to, to take down this guy and so I thought he was a good villain. I think he's, again, not complex villain, but a very memorable and nasty one. And I don't think any of the other Mothra villains, like human villains, have really lived up to Clark Nelson. So that's the... And there's cameos by other famous Toho actors like Akihiko Harada, Yoshibumi Tajima, and Kenji Sahara. But their roles are very minor, and it's really the main three and then Nelson that are carried the human cast. And so the other thing I like to talk about is the special effects, which I think are incredible. Uh, I think that uh, the Mothra larva was actually portrayed two different ways. Uh, there was a there was a six foot tall, thirty three foot long costume weighing about one hundred and twenty kilograms. That cost about two million yen, and was uh, operated by eight actors to portray Mothra going through the neighborhoods that she destroys in her larval stage. And it's kind of like a Chinese dragon costume, where you got the eight actors under the costume and all marching forward. And the head of the larva was played by Harun Nakajima, so he did have a role in this movie and has played all of the major, a lot of the major monsters. Uh, in Toho's series. But anyway, the neighborhoods that Mothra Larva destroys are perfect uh, to scale 120th miniatures, and they actually are perfectly replicating the neighborhoods themselves. That was something that Eiji Tsuburaya insisted on. And they carefully studied and photographed the neighborhoods, and so like the miniatures are reportedly 100% accurate. So like I really appreciate that level of detail. And the Mothra larva looks really good. The Mothra Mago, I think, uh, looked better than she ever did, certainly better than she did in the Heisei series. Uh, I don't think they really matched the special effects for the adult Mothra until Tokyo SOS. But Mothra's design is very appealing. She doesn't look evil or scary, but she's also like, you can empathize with this monster, but she's also not so cute that she can't be taken seriously like you can yeah. take her seriously as a threat but she's still very pretty to look at and it's just very visually appealing to see mothra and the special effects i think really shine in the finale in new kirk city 
where you see windows exploding because of the winds from Mothra's wings, and you, there's a great shot where you open, see a vehicle. It looks fantastic. Mm. Yeah, there's a, there's part, a great. Oh, sorry, I was going to say the part when the the roof tails are lifted up by the wings. It, it looks. Mm. By interrupting. Yeah. Sorry. Continue. Oh, no, you're fine. And there's a great shot where a vehicle like crashes into a storefront. Yeah. Uh, there's lots of and. I'll talk about this later when we're going over production things, but like their budget and time were very limited for filming that finale. And so, and Ishiro Honda was not said that there was a lot cut from that finale that they couldn't do. So I think it's very impressive and uh, it's really a highlight of, it's a different destruction sequence for a Toho movie. It's not a big monster stomping on things or shooting atomic breath or anything. It's this, living sonic boom just leveling this huge urban city with like skyscrapers and everything and i thought it was a really good highlight so and then as for mothra herself i really liked i just really like the way she looks i like the way she acts she's like not evil she doesn't come off as you want her to be destroyed uh you want her to be stopped but you want her to live through the movie and so there's a very satisfying ending where she's one of the only toho monsters that lives through her debut movie mm, and yeah. the shobajin are a very special part of the movie too i guess i should have mentioned them with the human characters but they are excellent uh they're very innocent and friendly and uh you really root for them and you see as they slowly learn more japanese and learn to communicate with the characters throughout the movie and they become a real help and they don't want mothra to destroy the city uh, of Tokyo and they're trying everything in their power to help the humans stop this and uh, I really like their characters and they give us an insight into Mothra and how Mothra thinks and it's a rare thing where you have someone that has a connection to the monster and Shoujin are the first where we really get to see the monster's side of the story and understand the monster a little bit more beyond it being a rampaging force of destruction that's my thoughts for the most part unless you have specific well we can come to that in the final section before we take our break paul i realize that um king has covered quite a lot of aspects but there might be kind of your own perspective that listeners would like to hear yeah sure i mean i'm actually somewhere in between um joe and the king whereas i've seen the other mothra films before so watching this, it felt very much like, okay, I've seen all this before, but I appreciate that this is first. So, you know, I can't hold that against the film in any way because this was the original. So that's absolutely fine. Um, I do think it's funny that you mentioned Batman because on the film I was watching where it was dubbed, it had some interesting subtitles. And one of which was where Moth was flying through the sky and they're, the crowds are pointing up, shouting, Martha, Martha. And it was just Batman versus Superman all over again. So that was, um, yeah, that, that was a good, a good, and along with the other one that says, was it Hey Joe Fire? I don't know how Amazon does its dubbing, but it was awful. Um, so was Hey Joe side, Fire meant to be open fire? I think something, yeah, something like that. Yeah. It was, I think, I mean, the dubbing was fine, but it was, sorry, it was, the, it was the subs. I had subs on it as well for whatever reason. And it was like it was, done by like, Dragon, and it was just automatically done rather than professionally done. Anyway, I can't complain about that. What I want to raise that no one's mentioned yet is the kind of more darker tones of the film. That The, was it Nelson? The, mm-hmm. 
the, the guy we love to hate, who guns down probably like 20 natives on the infant island. That's, her, that's just horrific. They just keep, they're there, aren't they? Just drumming, drumming moving towards him, and they, they just keep getting shot. So he's murdered a good dozen or so people to kidnap two women to bring to a circus to perform for him to make money, which is a pretty, I mean, I know you say it can be light in some ways, but describing it like that, it sounds pretty evil. And then even at, um, when they're, they're burning Mothra alive, they? she's in the cocoon, and they're testing out their new heat blast weaponry. Yeah, they light her up. Yeah, and, and they're cheering. You know, they're all like, "Yeah, we're we're burning this. We've just discovered this new creature, and we're burning it alive in a cocoon." Let's all cheer. I was watching. I was thinking, "God, mankind can be really horrible at times," which I'm sure is the tone you know he's he's going for. But it, yeah, it was like, "Oh, there's there's murder, there's kidnap, there's creatures being burnt." It's not a nice film. All and reasons then, why I played it for my daughter. Yeah, yeah, and then. Right, right at the end when he's um, driving the car I thought he was going to run all the people over in the streets he doesn't but he's getting flashbacks isn't he of all the people he's murdered oh, that, was gets, po- that was a good point which was really part. good I like that yeah. um, because so then he gets out and shoots a policeman he, so he's you know he's then killing more people yeah because he, he looks out he looks out to the kind of the, the onlookers in the car and then he sees all of the indigenous population again that he kind of he slaughtered because when i was thinking about getting my daughter's perspective which I've, by the way i've recorded on mic what she thinks of the film <laughs> there's a couple of comical recordings oh, that I'm add in his audio clips uh thank you paul for kind of flagging up yeah there's a part when a bunch of people get gunned down now for whatever reason she was kind of a bit sort of in a world of her own at that point but i was kind of like looking out for it and thought right i'm ready to skip that point it's not quite a 74 godzilla versus mecha godzilla Angerus's jaw gets snapped that that point was a emma can yep. leave the room for the next five minutes oh can i watch it <laughs> no no you cannot ever watch this part you know but and also i'll just say um to go with the king, the effects were, I thought they were fantastic. Yeah. When, when, when we got to the scene of, of destroying the city, it was, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen really anything like that. All the, the cars like, flying through the windows, the, the buildings were tumbling, the cars were flying around like a tornado. It was so different to what we normally see in a kaiju film. So yeah. even though it's 60 years old, I still completely enjoyed that. Yeah, and uh, fun fact, they reused some shots from that in uh, Invasion of Astro Monster. When oh. Godzilla and Rodan are destroying it, because you can you can clearly film. see a sign that says New Kirk Motors at one point, but yeah, some of that footage was reused. Uh, Toho reused later. footage. What? Yeah, what what weird thing that is? <laughs> I know, right? I've never heard of anything like that before. I know, and like there was me thinking films like Godzilla vs. Gigan and um, Godzilla's uh, Revenge is the only completely original film that I think that they made during the Shadow <laughs> era. Exactly that. But, we're being uh, elitist nerds now, um, laughing at our own kind of higher level knowledge. It is time for our second break before we return for the final part. If your friends haven't told you, McDonald's Spicy Chicken McNuggets are back. The ones made with spicy tempura and aged cayenne. But before you go telling friends, make sure you get them first. Order ahead on the McDonald's app. For a limited time at participating McDonald's. 
It's a new year, which means new reasons to stop by QT, like drinks to wash out the taste of last year. I need more. And fresh snackles, worth breaking a resolution. Pizza has tomatoes, so technically, it's a salad. Want to binge a new show? We've got plenty to snack along with it, like our new cheesy mac and cheese. Wow, it's like my wife's, but even cheddar. Up top. This is the time for new beginnings, and it starts at Quick Trip. QT, more than a gas station. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Kaiju Curry House. We have been discussing Mothra. We gave our opinions on the film uh, in the last part, and this is the final part where we will be discussing anything else about the film that we uh, haven't gotten to and uh, potentially uh, go into some behind-the-scenes information about the movie. So anyone want to start? I feel snubbed because I didn't actually get a chance to give you my opinion. And obviously this episode is a write-off if I've not talked incessantly. Um, Very, very briefly, what I would like to kind of add along to what the King said is um, the thing that stood out for me, along with the special effects, is actually the the role of Ferranki Sakai. That guy was an absolute trooper in the film i just got so much enjoyment out of his character and looking into how much acting he's done i mean i checked out his imdb and he was in over 158 films and to put that in perspective he died relatively young however he was starring in films right up until his death and he, he as you mentioned, like he was only in one of a Toho movie, which um, looked pretty somber because I was trying to see any other kind of classic Toho monster movies that he might have been in because so often the actors kind of star in numerous films, don't they? You, like, once you've seen four or five, you're like, oh, I know that actor. Oh, I know them. <laughs> and you start spotting them and it becomes a bit of a game of kind of guess who. But with uh, Frankie Sakai, have I said his name right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with this actor, I was like, no, I don't recognise him at all. So it was just a nice surprise appearance for him. And for me, whilst being a very entertaining and funny character, he wasn't annoying, which I think can be a fine line to walk because there was some kind of light comedic element there. However, when he kind of needed to be serious and have that moral compass, that shone through. And the point when the kind of the lead hero goes off to speak to the twins, he stays back and he is an absolute unit. He kind of beasts those four attackers in a pretty convincingly choreographed fight, I thought. It wasn't silly. It was just pretty good. So he really was a great character. And by the end of the film, I was like, yeah, I, I would happily see more films of this guy in. And I was just stunned by um, how broad his filmography was. But alongside that, the special effects were just an absolute delight. I was very, very pleased of them. When we were discussing during the break about extra things that this episode can include, King, you mentioned about funny anecdotes because with you being a public platform, people can kind of submit anything in inverted commas. Now, obviously, that's subject to the bureaucrat's approval, which mm-hmm. I kind of, I imagine you as sort of being this stone table kind of a knight that sort of nod and you know, all those in favor. And a ballot comes round with sort of a white ball and a black ball, all those in favor that Godzilla is the king of the monsters, you know, put the black ball in, all those not in favor, you know, all those in favor of Godzilla versus Megalon being the best film ever made, vote now. So when it comes to submissions by the public, what have been the most dismal or the funniest? Like just 
utter crock of poop that you've received? Well, this happens so often that it's hard to pick a specific instance. Uh, Oof. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so the funnier, the, the common things that happen is someone will edit the reception section on our site for a specific film and put something like this movie is poo-poo or this movie sucks or this movie's really good. This is the best awesome. movie. Uh, like people put stuff like that all the time and it's, it, it instantly gets reverted, believe me. But the... One that sticks out in mind is that uh, someone submitted, added a creepypasta about director Yoshimitsu Bono, oh, the director of Godzilla vs. Hedora, and put that on the page for the, or made a page for it, actually. It wasn't, wasn't added to Bono's page. They actually made a page specifically about this, about the story of the making of Godzilla vs. Hedora. And to give you an idea, this creepypasta alleged that people went missing during the production and that Yoshimitsu Bono was like holed up in his office and like really reclusive the whole time and that he the monster was original Hedoro was supposed to be a reptile at first and then he came up with this weird design and submitted it at the last moment and then the most ridiculous part is it said that after the movie came out he disappeared and was never heard from again uh and to debunk that uh, Yoshimitsu Bono continued to remain at Toho. He worked on Prophecies of Nostradamus, which was a Toho movie. He almost wrote uh, for what became Terror of Mechagodzilla. He was hired to make the 15th Godzilla film and was replaced by Shiro Honda, but he was still there. And obviously he tried for years to make a sequel to Godzilla vs. Hedorah. He tried to make Godzilla 3D and he was a, an executive producer on the MonsterVerse before he passed away. So like none of that's true and there's the production of the film is very documented bono was very involved with the entire process and he was constantly submitting ideas and getting feedback and all of that and so none of it's true but it was ridiculous that someone just made a page for this and it was on the site and <laughs> or like what? you could check yoshimitsu bono's page and find that this was untrue so we deleted it and had to leave a message to the user like you know this is incredibly fake right okay i mean so have you had um anything so bizarre or so well done that you've had to like double check yourself if it's actually true uh we've had some strange information added before there was one person that added something uh, saying, what was it? It was uh, comparing Mothra to a character from My Little Pony. Uh, someone, what? someone, yeah, someone added. Well, actually, was, which My Little Pony? I have no idea. I don't know anything about My Little Pony, so I couldn't Applejack. tell you. Yeah, no, it wouldn't be Applejack. It would no. totally be like, it wouldn't be Rainbow Shy. Fluttershy even has the butterfly on her, on yeah. her hind yeah, end. Yeah, that'd be too like, obvious, though. Yeah, but this person, like, said, the she talks to dragons. These talks, two are both them. kind and are both, both pretty and both can fly. And after that, we deleted it. And this person went into the comments and, like, I'll have you know that I am pretty sure this character in my little pony is based on Mothra and here's my evidence and submitted just like Whoa. commented a bunch of insane stuff about the they both are butterfly themed they both have this and there's a okay, doll so it is it is Fluttershy it's okay, funny cool. like Fluttershy legit I know my, my little pony I mean and it was like 
there's a toy of this character that looks like Mothra, and they show this picture and we really know it doesn't. Oh, well, if but it's anyway, a toy, yeah, then that's... it must be real. Yeah. To be fair, the uh, to be fair, pe- the people that the people that do My Little Pony, they do throw in a lot of pop culture references. There is actually a um, there's like a hanging mobile of uh, things in one of the characters' house at one point, and they're all dressed up as Eva characters in this mobile in this mobile. So mm-hmm. they do throw in some stuff like there's a Doctor Who themed episode. There are people or ponies from the Big Lebowski. There's all sorts of things. So I wouldn't be oh. surprised if somewhere yeah, there's a Godzilla. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, thank you for sharing your My Little Pony knowledge there, Joe. Proud father, six-year-old little girl. <laughs> there we go. He's got, he's got I've done old. my time. Oh, that was before she came along. You know it. Oh, it, it was. To be fair, yeah. <laughs> it's all about Rainbow Dash. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Well, in order to avoid like a tumbleweed moment, um, Kim, have you got any interesting facts about this film? Any kind of production gems for our listeners? The more accessible, the better, because many of our listeners, beyond knowing Mothra from the latest Godzilla film, they might kind of not know their Mothra from their Batra classic mm-hmm. era. Well, first of all, we are, I already discussed how the film was based on a, a serialized novel. Uh, this novel actually had illustrations in it, and Mothra looked a lot different. She she was more triangle; her wings were more triangular, and she was a lot more uh, had a more realistic insect face. You can find some of this art on Wikizilla, some of these illustrations. But the story was a little bit different in that there were not two Shobijin; there was a whole bunch of them, and they were called the Eilinas instead of the Shobajin, and there was a bunch of them. And this was trimmed down to just the two uh, Shobajin we see in the film. And originally, instead of the Tokyo Tower, Mothra was going to build her cocoon on the National Diet Building, uh, but Tomiyuki Tanaka didn't like it and said that, no, they should do the Tokyo Tower instead. But we do get to see Mothra build her cocoon on the Diet Building in Godzilla vs. Mothra, 1992. Okay, so is that why that was put in there? Do you think because? Yeah, I, I'm yeah. pretty sure it was a. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was a reference to uh, the rest of the original idea. So the most interesting story uh, about it is actually that the movie had an entirely different ending film, entirely different, like almost third act. So originally, this movie was a co-production between Toho and Columbia Pictures. Well, it, they had a production deal. Columbia Pictures and part of the deal was that the movie would have scenes set in America and uh, eventually they changed it to Realistica instead of America but it was supposed to have scenes set in the United States and Toho basically ran out of time and budget uh, to do the American scenes like we've had numerous delays with this picture it needs to come out in 1961 and the book was only published a couple months ago and we're running out of money because the effects are so detailed and intricate. So Toho was like, let's just film the ending in Japan and the countryside in Kyushu, at a volcano in Kyushu. Have Nelson escape with the Shobujin there, and he like gets in a fight and falls off the cliff, and that's how he dies. And we avoid having to have any intricate miniatures or big city sets built. So Ishiro Hondo was like, oh, do you think Columbia would be okay with this? And Toho was like, we can't wait for us to film this ending. So he went to Kyushu for two weeks and filmed the ending of the movie. And Columbia found out about this, and they said this was a breach of contract and it was unacceptable. 
And so Toho was forced <laughs> to redo the entire ending on short notice. Columbia gave them money to film the ending in Newkirk City, but they had no time to do this. And so Ishiro Hondo was like, all right, we're going to have to just refilm the ending. And so they added the entire scene in Newkirk City, all that destruction, all of that was brand new, like done at the last second. And according to Honda, they didn't have enough time or, or enough money to do the effects he wanted. And so what we see in the film isn't even a Honda's vision. It's what they could manage. And I think it's incredibly impressive. That It's very impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It doesn't show at all in the film. Mm-hmm. Not at all. And one of the funniest stories from the production is that when they filmed the original ending that uh, at the volcano in Kyushu, they had a doll, a life-size doll of Clark Nelson, the villain, and threw it off the cliff to film his death scene. Well, a couple, sometime later, a hiker found the doll and thought it was a dead body and reported it to the authorities and rescue teams were sent to the mountain and they found out that it was just this leftover doll from this Toho movie. So that that was an interesting little story. Uh, and another thing is Newkirk City was originally called New Wagon City, but uh, Jerry Ito, who played Clark Nelson, suggested Newkirk City instead because he says New Wagon City in Japanese sounds very similar to Newark, which is a real city. So uh, they were like, oh, let's just base it on New York City instead. See, when uh, I saw um, Newkirk City, I thought it's like nuke. That's kind of what I was hearing in that. Uh, it was all a nod to like well, nuclear. It's very explosion. possible that was part of, the, part of the intention. Another fun fact is that Frankie Sakai almost did come back to uh, Toho Movies they wanted him to make an appearance in Godzilla versus Mothra in 1992. But he was so, like you said, he's been in so many movies. He was bu- too busy. He was working on too many productions. He didn't have time. He was overscheduled. And so they couldn't do it. And I think instead they got a character Takarada. Super popular actor. Yes. But, you know, I would have really liked to see Frankie Sakai in Godzilla versus Mothra. That would have been interesting. Because the movie already pays so much tribute to the original Mothra yes. that it's it's very, very derivative of the original Mothra. Half its plot is taken from it. Mm. But you know, so those are some of the interesting production details. Uh, there's a little bit about the Mothra props. There were two larva props. One of them was a self-propelled one, and the other was the costume I talked about earlier. And there were two Imago props. There was a two-meter one and a smaller model created. And they reused one of these models for Mothra versus Godzilla. It appears in a brief shot. They otherwise made all new props. And the two meter one was used in Ebra Horror at the Deep. And you can see it's in really bad condition by that point. And it's noticeable how uh, decayed it is. And for things that people that might not be too familiar with Mothra might not know is this movie exists in the same universe as two different universes of Godzilla movies different continuities. It is canon to the original Showa series of Godzilla movies, and it's also canon to the Kiryu saga. So the Mothra that appears in Mothra versus Godzilla is the same Mothra from this movie, the first generation Mothra. Um, that's She's an adult already. And originally the movie was supposed to have more references to the first film. It was supposed to have them mention Relisica again, 
but this was cut, I guess, to make it just more easy for people who hadn't seen it. And then it's also canon to the Kiryu saga, as you see in Godzilla against Mechagodzilla, they mention Mothra's attack and show stock footage of it. And then later in Tokyo SOS, Shinichi Chujo, the hero, comes back and they make lots of references to Mothra and about what he did in that movie. And so... They're the um, 2002, so yeah. 2003 movies from the millennium era, aren't they? Yes. Splendid. Well, looking at the time, folks, it is unfortunately time to wrap up. At this point, King, what we normally do is give our own personal recommendations. And is anyone who'd like to volunteer to start us off? Well, I feel like we've got to give a shout out to Wikizilla, haven't we? To go to the website, check it out. Because actually, I mentioned a few episodes back something that I read on your site. I feel bad now because i didn't give you credit um but i was flicking through um looking for bootleg godzilla material and i came across the godzilla versus jesus playset which really <laughs> made my day um yeah. what why haven't you mentioned this i, I mentioned it on, a, on a, an episode or two ago where um it's it's godzilla king of the monsters versus um jesus king of the jews it's a 40 piece playset it's um i didn't know if it was real or not to be honest but maybe that was a film that never got made who knows but um, yeah, it's a very interesting um, thing that is on Wikizilla. So go check it out. Uh, one thing that you might be interested in is that uh, the Godzilla bootlegs page where we document bootlegs has plenty of VHSs of Godzilla versus Megalon that were bootlegged oh. because that was the most bootleg Godzilla movie for a long time. I why some of those bootlegs. because it's art. <laughs> I mean, but one of the nobody funniest... bought the originals. <laughs> Yeah. Well, one of the funniest ones is it's just got a, like, Velociraptor on the cover on the moon, yeah. and it's oh, Godzilla versus Megalon. The moon. That sounds so much more interesting than Godzilla versus Megalon. Like, How did the Velociraptor get there? So, for the short time that I lived and worked in Cambodia, my favorite thing about it was the pirate... Uh, uh, near enough, it was the pirate DVD shops, and at the time, X-Men Origins, Wolverine had just come out and the blurb on the back was absolutely amazing because the blurb had no kind of sense of translation. (laughs) And it just started with King Kong's real name (laughs) is like some kind of random name. And it said, no, no, don't give me that. What's King Kong's real name? (laughs) Who knows? I can't even remember. <laughs> oh, James Brooke. That was it. King Kong's real name is James Brooke. James Brooke. Holy okay. cow. We need to tell Joe DeVito this information. I, I think we do. Oh, he would love yeah. that, yeah. So King Kong's real name is James Brooke. Fortunately, during his time as an army horse boy, he makes good friends with Sabretooth Tiger. <laughs> and it's it's clear what's going on because uh, like yes in the it's film it's not clear and you know what i what? really want to see oh it was film. amazing like, because whoever wrote the back of that needs to be a screenwriter because I, I would think see so. that movie but my this absolute... is better than velocipastrid honestly uh, well, yeah. I, I flip and love cambodian pirate films uh the greatest thing is that they're obsessed with sandra bullock out in cambodia and they would regularly to be fair of... i mean like there are a lot of people oh, obsessed look, with sandra yeah, bullock absolutely <laughs> that How isn't I... that isn't uncommon did you know that she's in the matrix neither did i but cambodia reckons she is so i found a copy of the matrix reloaded and it literally said on like the tagline now starring sandra bullock <laughs> that's awesome yeah it was good 
Um, I'm sorry that I've derailed you there. My shout out, if nothing else, and I'm quite pleased with this one, you mentioning Hedera earlier, um, check out the YouTube page, uh, YouTube channel, sorry, uh, Godzilla Unmade, because Godzilla Unmade folks have uh, done Godzilla versus Hedera 2. It's an 11 minute audio and it's well worth a listen. There's been a lot of thought gone into the three videos that they've made so far. There's quite a lot of creative talent behind these, and I wanted to give a shout out to them. Well, um, yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, Joe? If nothing else, I'm going to recommend my favorite Mothra movie. It would be the 1992 Godzilla vs. Mothra. And my favorite part about that film is, in fact, Batra, because Batra is goth Mothra, and it's amazing. So check it out. It is widely regarded as one of the better films of that series. It's solid making. And like we've explained earlier, a lot of the themes from the original Mothra are found within that film, plus a few more. So there you go. King, if nothing else, what's your personal recommendation? Well, uh, my personal recommendation is another film that had an anniversary recently, uh, Latitude Zero. I don't know if any of you have heard of it. It's a kind of obscure. It is a Toho movie from 1969. It stars Joseph Cotton, who was in Citizen Kane. It stars what? it stars Cesar Romero, who played the Joker in the Adam West Batman series. And it has Akira Takarada in it, as one of the other major characters. And it's a joint, it was originally a joint American-Japan production, and the American company went under, so Toho picked up the rest of the film and finished it so it's all in english despite being japanese and it's crazy it's uh, about super submarines in a utopian city under the sea and there's a bat people giant rats and the griffin and it's just a madhouse it's an incredible movie that any fan of these this genre would love to see so oh, it's a real treat i'd recommend looking into it thank you for that um so folks um please do go out and watch Mothra 1961. Um, just like a word to the wise, the the dubbing which Paul and I watched, let's just say that the accents were a bit kind of Star Wars Episode One Namoidian. Um, <laughs> there's kind of a lot of outdated stereotypes there with the um, the East Asian accent. That was probably the only kind of uh, aspect for me about it. But beyond that, it's great. And I have no doubt, actually, that the subtitled version will be far more enjoyable for me when I get a copy of that on Blu-ray. Well, thank you, folks, for uh, listening to another fantastic episode of Kaiju Curry House. And thank you, King, for joining us, talking about Hi, everybody's pleasure. favorite giant flying insect which i think most insects fly but anyways um getting around to it thank you very much for listening and as always keep it kaiju so why don't you tell some of our podcast listeners what you liked about mothra uh, i like about mothra that uh, she turns into it um, that mm-hmm um, she gets called by two girls and she's a flying and she's um she's actually a moth. Some people will think she's a butterfly, but actually no, she's a moth. And I like it because she's not just a moth. Normally moths would look horrible, but this one I like it because it looks so pretty. And I love the film because uh the girls, they look like they're from Hawaii, 
and I and I that's where I would really like to go. I would like to go to Hawaiian places. What did you think of the body? I think he was not very nice at all. But I liked it about that that in the end they went home to their to their country. To their island. What that they got back? Yes. I'm happy that they got back. And is there anything else you want to say about the film? The thing I'm going to say about the film is I like it because does most of it, I'm happy because I can understand, but there's dubs. And I don't like the dubs, but I, I like to understand stuff. I like the dubs. I don't like the dubs, but I do like how I can understand it. What, what don't you like about the dubs? I don't like about it that they're not actually talking. They are. The actors are talking. Yes, but some of them are going... Oh, the mouths are moving differently. Yeah, they're moving. They're not actually talking. Other people are talking for them. But you like being able to understand what's going on. Yes. Who was your favourite character? My favourite character are the girls. Brilliant. Do you want to say bye to everyone? Bye! Bye, bye! Bye, Kaiju Curios! I mean, of course, I'm sure my microphone quality is going to be very grating to my ears, but uh, I think that I said everything I wanted to say, and I think every, there was a good back and forth. And... Do, you know, do you know, I mean, like, so long as it's workable, I, I've just kind of reached a point where whenever, like, my friends listen to my podcast, which I pay them a lot of money to do so, <laughs> I, I, I say to them, you know, how, how is the audience? Wait, we're both paying them to do it? I know, right? How much are you paying them? Um, probably more than you, because my friends uh, require more plying. Your okay. your friends are nicer. Um, but whenever like I, I message my friends and say, you know, oh, what, how was the episode? Yeah, it was it was good. Yeah, how was the audio? Alex, would you shut up about the fucking audio? You started as an RN, caring for one patient at a time, but now you're being called to help more patients more often by earning your master's in nursing leadership and healthcare systems degree online from Grand Canyon University you could become a leader responsible for staff development and patient care outcomes what do you think making a difference in healthcare looks like GCU offers over 175 high quality online programs like this one find your purpose at Grand Canyon University visit gcu.edu small business owners is your internet making office tasks painfully slow are your file upload speeds <laughs> sluggish? Are your video calls choppy? You need more speed. AT&T Business Fiber gives you up to 20 times faster upload speeds at half the price of cable. Faster upload speeds mean smoother, less glitchy video conferencing and faster file transfers. Visit att.com slash businessfast or call 844-702-FAST. 
to get our best price on our best service. Imagine it, up to 20 times faster upload speeds at half the price of cable. AT&T experts can help you upgrade to AT&T Business Fiber. Soon, you're going to love your internet. Call 844-702-FAST now. Comparison by Telogical Systems, 12 2020.